It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, Thunder fans? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Brady Trantham, and for the next 30 minutes or so, you will be locked on Thunder. It's Wednesday, no crossover edition today. Last night was a late night work-wise, um, trying to integrate two new people into the Thunder coverage at 107.7, uh, Mr. Ryan Chapman and Miss Christine Butterfield. They do a fantastic job. Um, and I'm so thankful for their help, as well as Derek Parker, who's been helping us um, over the last year or so at the franchise. Uh, Madison Morris and I got reallocated to doing the post-game shows pretty much full-time, which takes away from a lot of post-game stuff when I want to ask Billy Donovan a question or players a question. Um, so last night, I was actually on the pre-game show, so I was able to go to the arena and asked Billy some questions, and there were plenty of questions to ask following a very disappointing Thunder loss at home to the San Antonio Spurs. We'll get into that later, but there's a whole point to this. Just another reason why uh, this particular episode's going out a little bit later. Uh, late night last night because of extra duties, and then the Thunder had a rare practice today, so you're going to hear audio from Billy Donovan uh, basically about, hey, these last four games... Do you think that they're uncharacteristic? I seem to think that they are. We'll see what Billy Donovan has to say about that. And then just the realities of the schedule. You never want to use the schedule as an excuse for why you lose because everybody plays 82 games. Everybody's schedule eventually balances out to be about the same. That's the whole point of a schedule. So to have an excuse is a little silly, but there are realities that the Thunder had to face coming out of January into early part of the early part of February. So we'll get into that and see what Billy Donovan has to think about that. And once again, if you don't know who I am, I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa as their lead Thunder contributor, Thunder Insider, whatever they want to call me, of course. You can find all my Thunder stuff at thefranchiseok.com. I have a tab with my last name, Trantham, on the front page. So feel free, if you're trying to look for something that I wrote in the past, just hit that tab and navigate down the page and try to go find it. You can also follow my other podcast, OKC82. Uh, which is a post-game reaction show. So it complements this podcast really well. You can follow both. I do that with Madison Morris. 
And just like I said earlier, I wasn't on the post game show last night. So if you subscribe and listen to the latest episode to hear the reaction to the Spurs loss last night, you're going to hear Madison's voice along with our producer, Matt Burton, and as well as Ryan Chapman, who filled in for me because I did the pregame show with Dave Garrett and John Hamm on 107.7 prior to last night's game against the Spurs. And you can also tune in on Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. to noon to the Franchise Thunder Insider Show with Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Madison, and me. Talk a little bit more in-depth Thunder basketball stuff and some NBA league-wide topics. I don't believe we'll have a show this weekend because OU Basketball tips off at 11 a.m. and we are the flagship station for Oklahoma Sooner Athletics. So that game will be on around... 11 10 30 or so is when the pregame show would start so i don't know if we're going to have a show we might do one a little bit later in the day i'm not 100 percent sure but i should get confirmation uh by friday hopefully because i got to be there if we're going to do a show and if i find out i'll of course let you know if you guys want to tune in but again if you're out of the market please download 107.7 the franchises app it's free and you can listen to us wherever you live wherever you may be tune in and we'll appreciate that. And the best way to follow along with all my franchise Thunder Insider silly stuff is to simply follow me on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. But it is Wednesday, so let's get right into the disappointing loss that was last night to the San Antonio Spurs. What a bad loss last night was. Oklahoma City drops a home game 114 to 106 to the San Antonio Spurs, who entered the game at 22 and 31. Oklahoma City entered at 32 and 21. Just a disappointing loss. And then when you when you couple this with the four-game home stretch, so that includes Cleveland, Detroit, which were victories, a home loss to Boston on Sunday afternoon, and then this game. I mean, this is one of the more disappointing stretches of Thunder basketball in recent memory that I can remember. I mean, I know the Thunder started off 5-10 and 10 this year, so that's obviously results-based. That's going to be their worst stretch, of course. But this was about the worst that I've seen this Thunder team perform uh, and that's with two lot, two wins and a near home victory against one of the better teams in the NBA in the Boston Celtics. Just overall, the, the, this Thunder team looked lethargic. They had too many dry spells offensively. They had too many lapses defensively in terms of clutch stops. They could never really get that clutch stop. Thankfully, they were able to play Cleveland and Detroit first because those teams are so bad that as bad as the Thunder played throughout most of those games, Detroit and Cleveland just suck enough that the Thunder were able to get victories in some pretty lackluster roundabout ways. The San Antonio game was just, especially the first half, it was just bad. I mean, Oklahoma City only mustered 14 points in the first quarter. They outscored the Spurs 27 to 24 in the second, but so many fouls, so many turnovers, and so many missed opportunities at the rim. I believe the Thunder in the first half were either 2 of 11 or 3 of 11 at the rim, and that included misses by guys like Steven Adams, who had point-blank misses. That included misses by guys like Dennis Schroeder, who ended up finishing with 14 points, which is pretty bad considering how he's played all year. It's not terrible overall in terms of six-man, but from what we've seen out of Dennis Schroeder, it's pretty bad, and he was missing so many layups, and it wasn't really anything the Spurs did special. I mean, I I asked Billy Donovan about it last night, and he really downplayed uh, what the Spurs were able to do. And he didn't mean it in an insulting way. He just said the Spurs did what they always do against us. They they played the same coverages. They played the same type of scheme, same switches. It just came down to our guys not hitting shots. 
And really, that's as simple as it could have been. The Thunder could have turned the ball over nine times like they did in the first half. The Thunder could have fouled a ton and sent the Spurs to the line a bunch like they did in the first half. It kind of got cleaned up in the second half. And then overall, uh, the Thunder had to foul a ton late in the game. So, I mean, the difference between an intentional foul and an accidental foul in the flow of a game, you know, you can kind of understand at what point the Thunder started doing a little bit better in the foul department. But they could have done all that. If they had just hit 50% of their shots at the rim in the first half, they wouldn't have had to muster so much of a comeback in the second half, have a 36-point explosion in the third quarter just to barely be in it at that point, and then put themselves in a better position to ultimately win the game in the fourth quarter. But again, so many easy missed opportunities for the Thunder, and it helped result in a loss. Chris Paul was the leading man with 31.7 assists, two rebounds. And I, I kind of knew early on, I, I, put, I think I put the tweet out on Twitter, um, late first quarter, beginning of the second quarter. Yeah, this is going to be one of those games where if the Thunder are going to win, one of the three guards just has to go ISO and score all the points. And I was mainly talking about Chris Paul because if you guys remember, one of my criticisms of Chris Paul going into the um, coming out of the Boston game was that he just I don't feel like he was aggressive enough. And against that type of team, you need your best players to really kind of make it about them at some point. And Chris Paul, it, it's a compliment that he wasn't aggressive. And I mean that because he tries to play team basketball, and he does a very good job of playing team basketball. Now, the Thunder, they are by no means one of the leading teams in assists. They're still ISO heavy. I get all that. But just watching them play, the Thunder teams of the past were ISO heavy. Please tell me that this team is exactly like those other teams. They're not because there's just more of an emphasis on sharing the basketball, off-ball movement, guys sharing the basketball, uh, guys taking opportunities within the flow of the game and it not becoming my turn, your turn, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, or Russell Westbrook, Paul George, or whatever. It's much more free-flowing with this team, and it comes from Chris Paul. And most of the time, that results in good play and it results in victories. But against the upper echelon of the league, the Thunder, they're just simply not as talented, obviously, as those teams like against Boston. So I just wanted to see Chris Paul a little bit more aggressive. And then those few instances where the Thunder are lackluster against teams that are worse than them, just like last night against the Spurs, it was going to take a Herculean effort from Chris Paul or Shea Gillis-Alexander or Dennis Schroeder in order for the Thunder to come back and potentially win the game. 31 points, nearly got it done for Chris Paul and the Thunder. It just wasn't enough overall. Speaking of fouls, Nerlens Noel, three fouls in like three minutes in the first quarter, and he wasn't able to come back until midway through the third quarter. And that certainly hampered the Thunder's defense and their rotations and their chemistry because Nerlens Noel, obviously, very important and integral to the Thunder's success over the last few months. One of the more key topics coming out of that game last night was just who was going to take all the minutes that Darius Baisley doesn't have any more for the next four to six weeks since he is out with a right knee bone bruise. And if you decided, yeah, it's going to be pretty much by committee, you were right. You saw a lot of Abdul Nader. I believe he was the first one off the bench to spell Danilo Gallinari. And then, but you still had lineups with him, Hamadou Diallo, Lou Dort on the floor, Hamadou Diallo, Abdul Nader, Terrence Ferguson on the floor. I mean, it's going to be one of those things where Billy is just going to try it for a few games, and then if something sticks, he will, of course, stick with that. If a particular player catches fire, whether it be Abdul, Hami, anybody at that spot, they're going to go. But sadly, the Thunder are just going to have to play small for the foreseeable future a little bit more than they would probably want. Now, of course, playing small is 
kind of where the league is going, of course. Ideally, that's what you want to do. You want to have all your best athletes on the floor to mismatch your opponent. But when you've got a bunch of guys that either can't shoot, that aren't aggressive, or they're just a little... Like, Abdul Nader's not... He's not shy. He, he will put the ball up, or he will drive to the basket. Just sometimes it could result in a silly-looking turnover, but the confidence is there at least. Same thing with Hamadou Diallo. He's a little bit better with his handles. Uh, he doesn't really go outside of his capability when he has to put the ball on the floor and try to play make. He had a really nice play last night. It was uh, Abdul Nader was on the right wing, had the ball, passed it to Hamadou Diallo, who's in about the mid-paint area, who immediately knew Steven Adams was going to be uncovered because the help defender was in between Hami and Steven. And as soon as Hami got the ball, he just turned around and bounced past it to Steven, who was able to slam it home. I believe it was Steven Adams, but it was a good play overall. It just really showcased Hami's playmaking ability that I've really liked ever since I've seen him in summer league this past July. But Billy Donovan said in the postgame, and I asked him about it, yeah, it's just one game, but is there anything individually that you liked coming out of this game considering Darius Baisley isn't there? And, you know, Billy said something that a lot of people were a little upset with. He thought that they all played well, and everybody on Twitter and my mentions were like, no, Billy, they did not play well. It's not just going to be about scoring, of course. Now, if they score buckets, that does help the cause. But the thing about Darius, and especially against New Orleans tomorrow night, that I feel like it might be a little bit of a hot take, the Thunder are going to miss Darius Baisley because of his defense against Zion Williamson tomorrow night. Zion Williamson could, of course, physically move Darius around probably, but not all the time. And Darius's length and his basketball IQ would have come in handy against a guy like Zion. The Thunder are certainly going to miss that. If Hami or Abdul Nader can just hold their own defensively, Billy is going to like that. He's going to play them more. And then you're going to get that chemistry over the next month, over the time that Darius is actually injured. And that's what you're hoping for first. Yes, it would be nice to see Abdul or Hami drop 15, 18 points in a game. That, of course, helps. But really what it comes down to is defense and ball movement and how they work in the offense and then on the defensive end of the floor more so than not. When we get back, we're going to hear from Billy Donovan earlier today at Thunder practice, see what he had to say from the questions, the silly questions that I asked him. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. And welcome back to Locked On Thunder, everybody. Now that the Thunder have had a little bit of time to assess their four-game homestand, which I consider pretty darn disappointing. They beat the two worst teams. They didn't beat the average team, and they lost to their best to their best opponent. Yes, they had opportunities to win both games that they lost, and especially the Boston game. You don't leave the Boston game with your head hanging down low. You're disappointed. You learn from some things individually, some moments here and there throughout that game, but you move on. 
Uh, it was a good showing, and it gives me con- it, that that game gave me confidence going into the San Antonio game, which probably makes that game a little bit more disappointing than it actually is. But now that the Thunder and Billy have had time to assess their four game homestand, I asked Billy about it. Here's what he had to say. Given all that, like when you assess the last four games, would you say cons- compared to the rest of the year, it's been uncharacteristic how you guys performed? Or um, you know, I don't want to say uncharacteristic, um, you know, because I think earlier in the year, when whenever, whenever you know, the first 15 games or so I, I think we were really trying to find ourselves you know um, we obviously have had to battle through a lot of different injuries with guys being out for periods of the time um, you know recently it being Darius that kind of changes your rotation some um, but you know like I said these are these are normal things that I think every team has to deal with and you know we've got to be able to handle those things um, but you know we have not played you know to your point you know, at the level we had played. And I think what you try to look at is, okay, you know, what's the reason for that? And I think one of it has been, you know, our pace needs to be a lot better, you know, especially on offense. And I think even our pace defensively as it relates to having to get back in transition, you know, we did a really good job for a long period of time, you know, where uh, our transition defense was really good. And uh, here lately it hasn't been great. And I think that starts with, you know, how well you get back. And that's certainly a pace and, and a mindset and a mentality to get back and get the floor set. So there's a lot of things I think that we've got to do better. And, uh, you know, like it's easy, I think, sometimes to sit there and say, you know, well, you haven't had much practice time in the month. Well, we were still playing pretty well with the limited practice, you know. And we've had some chances to practice. And we actually practiced today. Um, but we still, we still, you know, I think it's a, it's a mentality. It's a mindset more than anything else. And then something I've been thinking about, and we kind of talked about it in a previous episode. Again, you never want to make excuses for the schedule. You never want to say, oh, we're on the second half of back-to-back. Well, guess what? So is somebody else. Oh, we played three games on the road in a week. Haven't had more than a day off. It's, it's, been, it's been hard. Well, so is somebody else. But there does come a point where just the reality of the job, of the business, of the lifestyle, of being an NBA player, just they're too hard to ignore. So you have January... You're constantly on the road if you're the Thunder. You don't have more than a day off. You don't have a lot of practice time. You're constantly on the road. You're constantly in the flow of playing basketball, which can you can find beauty in that. You can almost fall into, accidentally even, a rhythm of playing high-end level basketball. But the second that that stops, it could lead to some lethargic performances, and we saw that. The Thunder had their January schedule, they come into February, have four days off, finally have two days of practice, and then they throw out a lethargic performance, a win, no doubt, against Cleveland and Detroit. In between all that, you have the trade deadline. Now, don't get me wrong, Danilo Gallinari is not on the phone himself talking to Pat Riley and Heat officials negotiating an extension on that potential Gallinari trade to the Miami Heat. His agent and his people are taking care of that for him. But at the same time, Danilo Gallinari, who just got done playing a basketball game on that Wednesday night against Cleveland, and then talks to the media and then leaves the arena, he's probably thinking, he is a human being, he's probably thinking this, am I going to be at practice tomorrow in Oklahoma City, or do I have to get on a red-eye flight to get to South Beach as soon as possible to join a new team and understand my role in that team as quickly as possible? That is going to affect you. It probably affected Dennis Schroeder as well, who... As we have seen, that was reported over the last two weeks. The LA Lakers were interested in contacting the Thunder, and D- Dennis Schroeder told us in the locker room, whenever 
players are involved, Presti does a good job of letting us know that those talks are going on so that they can be abreast of the situation as much as possible, which I would imagine does help. That That is probably a very comforting thing if I'm a player and I'm my name is being discussed in trade talks. I would like to know just so I can be prepared for that. Of course, we always hear stories about how players hear that they got traded on TV or through Woj. It's not always the case, but it appears that Sam Presti is making... Uh, taking an active approach in terms of making sure that his players are well aware of what the situation is, which is a good thing. At the same time, that probably leads to a lot of uneasiness in terms of, am I going to be here tomorrow? Am I going to be elsewhere tomorrow? And I could imagine that all that coupled with everybody wanting to go to the all-star break and have a week off, all that, I could see how that could lead to a pretty disappointing four-game stretch. I asked Billy about that earlier today at practice. Let's see what he had to say. Billy, I know you don't want to make excuses about the schedule, but given what you guys had to go through in January and you come back, you have four days off, trade deadline, now mm-hmm. everyone's looking forward to the All-Star break. I mean, the reality of the situation, could that play into just how how you guys might have disappointed over the last four games overall? Yeah, I mean, I think some of that stuff always plays. You know, I think it's like, um, you know, we probably maybe exhaled a little bit, you know, after January, because I think it was such a brutal month for us. But, you know, again, I would be speculating on those things. We still have to go in there and play. I think everybody at a certain point in time is dealing with all the same things, right? Everybody's dealing with the all-star break. Everybody's dealing with the trade deadline. Everybody's dealing with different points in time during the course of the season that the schedule is really challenging, whether it's the number of games or how long you're on the road or, you know, back-to-backs or whatever it may be. So I, I don't think that we were experiencing anything any different than anybody else. And, you know, we've got to be able to handle those situations. And, you know, we obviously played at a really, really high level the month of January. I think coming out of January, you know, even though we got the, the first two wins against uh, Cleveland and, and then uh, Detroit, you know, we just we, we need to be playing, I think, faster. We need to be playing with better pace and tempo. And we just need to overall, I think, you know, get back to the way we had been playing. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now again, Thunder lose tomorrow night in New Orleans. Yes, the Pelicans are significantly better than when the Thunder played them earlier on the year. It's not just Zion Williamson. Guys like Brandon Ingram are obviously playing at an all-star level. Their team seems to be a little bit more healthy. Drew Holiday playing at a near all-star level. It's going to be a tough matchup, but the Thunder are still technically the better team, and they should go down to New Orleans to get a win. But if they lose tomorrow, and then it bleeds over into the all-star break, after the all-star break, excuse me, then that excuse becomes, well, maybe this is just the reality, and the Thunder are just regressing to reality a little bit more. And the whole 32-20 and record a few days ago was just kind of like, oh, wow, that was a happy accident. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. I truly appreciate it. Until tomorrow, everybody have a good day, and I'll talk to you later. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.